go for it. Hello and welcome to Soft Serve Slobberknockers. I'm your host, Kaylee. And I'm your host, Chandler. This week we're talking about NFL Week 1, near-death experiences, and how time may be a flat circle. Oh yeah. Yeah, so since this is our first episode, uh, kind of before we really get into the meat of the podcast, we wanted to talk a little bit about ourselves, as many great narcissists do. Uh, I basically was born into a, a football-loving family. I mean, uh, my, my two teams are the Dallas Cowboys, as if y'all needed another uh, another way to listen to someone talk about the Cowboys, you got one here. Uh, and the Oklahoma Sooners. I think a lot of us probably need another way to listen to people talk about them. Uh, but my grandfather uh, grew up in Dallas, and he went to one of the very first Dallas Cowboys games ever. It was just a preseason game. It wasn't a regular season game. And when they were building the new stadium, they they were selling like these bricks. They would engrave them and then like lay a pathway out around the stadium. And uh, we got one with our family name on it that says fans from the start. So that's pretty much my basic football story there. You know, I never really played or anything. I tried as a now as an adult. Uh, I didn't do it in high school, but kind of as an adult, there's like some local semi-pro teams and didn't really do much there because everybody would rather fight than play football. But I did get a fumble recovery. Yes, you did. One game, I got a fumble recovery. <laughs> I was uh, there. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Uh, I also couldn't catch or run or, you know, do any of the football stuff, so uh, it just wasn't for me, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I love to watch the game. One of my favorite things to do, and I'm super excited for football season this year. I think I'm more excited this season than I've been in a long time. Why's that? Uh, honestly, no reason in particular. I mean, you know, I am excited thinking that the Cowboys could potentially go on a run and win the Super Bowl. Uh, uh-huh. You know, they've been really good the past couple of years, and it feels like they've got even better this year and this is probably the best chance they've had and the best chances they're going to have for a little while uh but i mean that's really not even it because as many cowboys haters will tell you they haven't done it in 27 years (laughs) literally two months before i was born was the last time they won a super bowl (laughs) so i mean it's it's not like there's like anything in particular that has me excited it's just i'm just excited for football this year something about it i just feel it so am I. This, I feel like this is the first time where I'm, like, super excited and, like, can comprehend what things mean as far as football goes. Yeah. I mean, we've been together six years. We've been dating for six years. We've been living together for almost four now, or right about four. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, and I remember, like, kind of the first football season came up right after we moved in together. And really the only time you watched football was when you were with me. We went to the Big 12 championship game and watched Oklahoma play Texas. And uh, that was on a whim. Yeah, of. that was kind of on a yes. whim. We really didn't have the money to do that, but we did it. And it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad we did. Yeah. And I accidentally elbowed you in the head because I stood up and cheered when OU got, like, a game-winning touchdown. <laughs> and they like, just was just so excited. It was worth it. I'm still sorry about worth that. Worth the pain. Yeah. I got to lead a Boomer Sooner chant in the little OU section we were sitting yeah. in. I knocked over a girl's drink, and thankfully she wasn't mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome experience. Uh, um, but, uh, oh yeah, I was talking about when we first moved in together. It was like the first football season after that. We moved in together in August. And so in like September, you know, we get the first week of real football. And I just like got it pulled up on my phone. 
And I'm like huddled over my phone, like Gollum over the freaking like one ring <laughs> watching, watching. I think it was just two crappy teams too. They, they weren't even like supposed to do anything. It was just a random game almost. It was in prime time. So I guess they probably weren't crappy teams, but you just like look over and you're like, I'm really glad you like football. I'm like, good. <laughs> Cause it's going to be on a lot. <laughs> um, well, I guess for me, I've always been a casual enjoyer of football. I've always kind of been interested, but I didn't grow up with sports or anyone who in who loved sports. So I really never had a reason to watch. And you know, if we put on a football game at home, it was like, "Ew, why are you watching football?" <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. being with you, I guess I get to explore that interest. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a super fun interest. I mean, uh, you were telling me one day, like, the thing that really kind of got you into it was more so the personalities right. than really anything. Yeah, I love players as individuals more so than rooting for teams. Yeah, that's the thing that gets a lot of people into football these days, especially with social media. You're going to see more about, like, individual highlights, and every football player has a podcast, so yeah. you know, some type of platform, you know, you're going to find people who kind of fall in love more with players than teams. I really love those player interviews. You yeah. know, sometimes it's very awkward. Uh, give 100%. We just got to execute. <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Sunday night we watched uh, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Giants, which we will talk about more in depth later. And it was like, they, for whatever reason, they decided to interview Dak Prescott, their quarterback, <gasps> literally seconds before he ran out on the field to that play football. That was so <laughs> weird and rude, I think. Why would yeah, you do that? Yeah, he, he is so not focused on whatever you're saying. No, anytime he wasn't talking, he you could tell he wasn't even listening. He was just <laughs> looking out like thousand yard stare out of the field, just like ready to go. <laughs> and this girl's asking him about I don't even know what she was asking him about, just the same basic football questions. We don't just, even know. That's how unimportant that yeah. interview was. <laughs> and he just responded literally the same thing every time, like, yeah, we just gotta execute. We're gonna play as a team, gotta play together, you know, do our jobs, and then we're gonna pull out the win. And then you just go back, thousand yard stare. She'd ask another question. Yeah, you know, just give 100%, execute, do our jobs. We gotta, we'll pull out the win. Thousand yard stare. <laughs> you know, went through that process three or four times. Oh, God, I wish we had a camera. My cat is just going in on my hand right now. She's on demon time. She wants to play. <laughs> she always <laughs> wants to play when we're trying to record. Anyway, I think it's time we uh, get into the recapping some games. We, uh... We tried recording this podcast last week, wanted to get it out before the start of the season, but uh, just were woefully underprepared and didn't realize how hard this actually was. But we did pick some games, picked a few college games, and picked a, uh, the whole slate of NFL games. That was it. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we both tied in college. We picked seven games. Uh, the main games we were different on were uh, you picked Texas uh, over Alabama, oh, which I picked Alabama. You picked... Um, I picked Tulane over Ole Miss. Tulane over Ole Miss. Ole Miss won that. And then you picked Auburn over Cal, which I kind of blindly chose that. And then I picked Oklahoma State over Arizona State, which you picked Arizona State. And uh, we both ended up five and three in college, and we tied. Not too bad for a football noob, though. Going five and three on your picks. Yeah, and then for NFL, I went nine and seven, and you went eight and eight. 
in true Cowboys fashion. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's pretty impressive, though. Especially, like, I mean, in college, it's it's pretty easy because the first few weeks are basically like playing cupcakes. And, uh, you know, what what is known as cupcakes, you know, they get their tune-up games, essentially college preseason. So it's super easy to pick most winners. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the NFL, a lot of these teams, like, you you picked the Ravens because you like the color purple. Uh-huh. Uh, you almost picked Houston because you like Megan the Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who else did you pick? Oh, you oh you went on a run on like kind of your last like five picks there. Miami yeah. over L.A. I picked L.A. Uh, we both picked Philly. You picked uh, the L.A. Rams, the second L.A. team over Seattle. I picked Seattle. Um, we both picked Dallas, and then you picked the New York Jets over Buffalo. So good job there. <clears throat> we'll get into some of those a little bit more in depth, but. Uh, Main one, there's, there's some main ones we kind of want to talk about here. First of all, we opened the week up with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. We both picked the Chiefs, and we both lost that one. I feel like that was just an odd situation. Yeah, I mean, teams will struggle pretty often in week one, especially a team like Kansas City where they're built to pass the ball. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you got to kind of sync up and line up going into a season, especially in modern-day football, when players don't really play in the preseason. They just kind of practice, and they'll have like these joint practices with other teams, which is about as close to a real game as you're going to get. I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs do the joint practices, though. But other than that, two days before the very first game, their all-star tied in, Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee and got a bone bruise in his knee. <laughs> so he was out for that game, so... Uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't really have anybody to pass it to. There, you know, there were a few people, but there were they, they had something like six receivers drop a pass in that game, and a lot of those drop passes came on very like crucial points of the game that could have, that could have. Like, I mean, they could have. They only scored twenty points. Yes, twenty points against the Lions. Those receivers don't drop that pass. The score's probably like, I don't know, thirty. They probably get another ten, at least. Mm. <laughs> but you know. Is what it is. Again, it's week one. Those are good players that drop those passes. I think they'll be all right. Uh, but they also had a player that was holding out for a bigger contract. So a lot of players, whenever they're kind of coming into the final year or two of their contract, they want us to get more money, and they want that money now. And this guy, Chris Jones, he plays on the defensive line. Uh, he one of the top players at his position, and he wanted to get paid like it. The Kansas City Chiefs typically don't really pay people like that. Like Travis Kelsey, that all-star tight end, he is way underpaid. He, I, mean, I think he's like your know, top five as far as like tight end salaries go, but he should probably be top five as far as like wide receiver salaries go because that's essentially what he is. He does a lot more than just kind of this hybrid receiver offensive lineman thing that most uh, tight ends are. So a tight end salary is on average lower than wide receiver? Yeah, it's going to be like, it's typically like on the lower end of like anybody on the team. But, oh, I didn't know uh, that. Right now, running backs are like, <laughs> running backs are some of the lowest on the team. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like tight ends aren't like, they're not the typical big playmakers. They're kind of used as what's known as like a safety blanket for the quarterback. So they're, they're typically really good at like kind of getting open in space and finding a good matchup. Uh, one of the best to ever do it, Rob Gronkowski, it's kind of said that like he would basically read two people. He would always start off blocking, and then he would watch what one guy does, 
and then run his route based off what that one guy, and it was either straight up the seam or going out towards the sideline. And those were the only two routes he ever ran, and he was unstoppable at that. <laughs> but Travis Kelsey does a lot more than that. Travis Kelsey has admitted that there's times where he lines up and he looks back at the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, who even on his 10-year, $400 million total deal, he is underpaid. He's getting paid, I think, like average per year. It's like less than $40 million, which the, the or like right around $40 million, which that was kind of like the bare minimum benchmark for a franchise quarterback right now. So even Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the league, took a little bit of a pay cut to keep playing for the team. Um, but, you know, Travis Kelsey says that sometimes he'll, like, look over at Pat Mahomes and just be like, I'm about to make some shit up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, play call be damned. He's going to go do something. But th- that's obviously, like, an educated thing he does. He doesn't right. just go out there and play backyard football. He he says he's going to make some stuff up. He kind of knows what he's going to do. And Patrick Mahomes knows what he's going to do based off of what they're, like, looking at. But, you know, the, Travis Kelsey taking less money than he should. Patrick Mahomes taking less money than he should. And then you got this defensive lineman who wants to kind of make be, be one of the top paid people uh, on as far as defensive players go. Uh-huh. His position is does command a higher salary than most other positions on the team anyway. Uh, it's just not really the Chiefs' mo, and so he ended up being out that game. And the Chiefs off their defense only allowed 14 points without him, which sounds pretty good. Most teams, if you only allow 14 points, you're going to win, which obviously the Chiefs scored 20. That that other seven points that they allowed was uh, pick six. Patrick Mahomes thrown it. It was one of the drops, actually. Hit his receiver right in the hands. Receiver dropped it. Ended <laughs> up in a defensive player's hands, and the defense defensive player just had a, a wide-open lane to the end zone. Um, so you know, typically, you only allow 14 points. You're probably going to win the game every time. But, but not this week. Yeah, not this week. And, and the thing is that, that, that those final seven points that the Lions got came in a very crucial moment at the end of the game where they were able to just constantly run the ball against the Chiefs defense, and the Chiefs defense couldn't stop it. And if you have one of the best defensive linemen in the league, you can probably stop it, and they, they win that game. So you know, all those drops aside, Travis Kelsey being injured aside, Chiefs not being able to run the ball during like a time of the season where running the ball is going to help you out tremendously. They have that one player on their team. They probably win that game. But So would you say do, are the Lions looking good or did they just get lucky? So Lions and the Chiefs over the past 11 games. Remember the Chiefs, one of those 11 games was a Super Bowl win. Mm-hmm. They have the exact same record. They're both 11 and 2. The Lions had a starting like week 8 of last year to now have one of the top five offenses in the league. Okay. So, I mean, they are legitimately a good team. And they started off really slow last year and turned it on. They ended up not making it into the playoffs just because they did too little too late for them. But, I mean, I think they're a good team and I think they're going to be a good team. I think they got better this year. I think they got better players, uh, you know, and also another year to just kind of develop the players they have and get that chemistry going and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they're a good team. Their defense got a lot better, too. Again, I mean, only allowing 20 points to the Chiefs, which is one of the more high-powered offenses. Again, I mean, I know I said that, like, they were missing Travis Kelsey, and week one offenses like that are typically going to be a little bit slower. I mean, that aside, it's still an NFL offense, and it's still an NFL offense that won the Super Bowl last year. Right. 
I don't know why our cat likes to hurt me so much. Like, specifically me. <laughs> I think it's because you let her. It makes her happy. That, that doesn't mean that she gets to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> Look how happy she is. She's... It's not an excuse. You should want better for yourself. I pulled my sleeves down so it doesn't hurt as bad. <laughs> So, our next game is the 49ers-Steelers. Yes. So, Brock Purdy, on games when he doesn't get injured, he is undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> he, he came in for the 49ers last year, kind of late in the season. The 49ers had their two other quarterbacks injured, uh, and they were on a roll. They looked to this guy who was literally a rookie last year, and he was literally the last pick in the draft. He he was the last kid to get picked uh, on in the playground, and uh, you know he uh, he went and balled out for him, and I was kind of wondering in this off season like in the NFL, once you get film on people and you kind of understand what they're doing, whether it's like a coaching scheme or it's a player or whatever, it doesn't take long for the league to kind of catch up and. A, figure out how to stop what you're doing, and B, figure out how to replicate it and get the same kind of success. And I figured that by this point, you know, the head coach of the 49ers, they've been running that kind of style of offense for a while now and having that kind of success for a while now. And especially with a guy who only played like six or seven games last year. I can't remember exactly how many. And even though, again, even though he won all of them except for one, but again, in that one, he got injured and they really didn't have anybody behind him to play quarterback because he was the third quarterback on the team. Uh, I figured that the offenses or defenses would have caught up with it and they would have stopped him, but nah, they uh, tore the Steelers up thirty to seven. <laughs> I mean, it. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a game later where the score was worse than that, but that might have actually been a worse beatdown than what oh, yeah? we saw on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, the score doesn't reflect it, but it was bad. <laughs> And this second-year quarterback, who was the last pick in the draft, who whose elbow exploded, exploded. <laughs> he, just, he had to have surgery on it in the offseason, he tore an NFL defense up, you know? So it, it just seems that 49ers are going to be a good team. Again. Again. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's week one. Steelers could end up being a much better team than they show there. I'm going to say this a lot. It's week one. <laughs> I've seen a lot of teams have really great starts and put games together like that, like the 49ers did, and then halfway through the season, they fall apart. It's just kind of something that happens, but I, I don't know. I mean, the 49ers, it's, they're one of those teams that have been kind of that good and have been doing that same type of thing for so long. You kind of have to, you kind of have to see it happen before you believe it. Okay. So you got to believe, you got to, I'm going to believe that they're going to be a good team the rest of the season until someone proves otherwise you're gonna put positive energy into the universe yeah for the 49ers uh i'm, I'm gonna put negative energy into the oh. universe for 49ers because okay. i'm a cowboys fan okay uh and the 49ers have been our achilles heel the past couple of years that's understandable <laughs> but yes achilles heel foreshadowing <laughs> <laughs> next up we have uh we got the browns and Bengals. so joe burrow quarterback for the Bengals. Uh, was in the AFC Championship game last year. The um, you know in the in the NFL you got it set up for 
NFC versus AFC in the Super Bowl, and so in the playoffs, AFC has to play only AFC teams. And the final two teams in the AFC were the Chiefs and Bengals, and Joe Burrow got paid $275 million this offseason over, like, five years. Uh, that's a good chunk of change. Oh, that is a, that's a bag. <laughs> that is a bag right there. That's a bag and a half. Get the uh, get the numbers for y'all. Two hundred and seventy-five million dollars over five years. Nice. Who has a lot of money? <laughs> and uh, and who got that? Joe Burrow. The Joe the Burrow. Bengals quarterback. Yes, who sc- scored three. Three points. points? Had eighty-three yards passing. <laughs> Again, it is week one, people. <laughs> Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. He is one of the best in the league. It's one of those things that, again, you're going to have to kind of prove me otherwise over a long period of time because he's been really good for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he probably deserves that money still. You know, the Bengals started off really slow last year. I think they went 0-2. And, and I think they started off something like 2-4 and four overall in the season, and then they ended up in the AFC Championship game. So the Bengals are going to be good. Uh, it was raining like crazy in uh, in Cleveland. The other quarterback looked just as bad, if not worse, even though he his stats looked better. He was missing throws all over the place. And again, like the one thing that the Browns did that the Bengals really couldn't do was the Browns were able to run the ball. You know, early early football, you gotta run the ball. <laughs> Got to put them big men up front to work. Got to turn around and hand the ball to that guy that you are severely underpaying because the quarterback's making $275 million. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, honestly a terrible game to watch, but it's got a high-profile player, a couple of high-profile players, and just an absolute shocking result. The Bengals, as good of a team as they are and as bad of a team as the Browns have been historically, uh, not quite as much these past few years, but still pretty bad. The Bengals haven't won many games against the Browns with Joe Burrow. Really? Yeah, it's just one of those things, one of those weird things where even though the Bengals are a much better team, Browns just kind of have his number. I don't know the exact record, but I think the Bra- the Bengals have only won something like one game. The The Chiefs have only won something like one or two games against the Bengals since uh, Patrick Mahomes has been in the league. But yeah, of course, one of those games the Chiefs won was against was in the AFC Championship game, so <laughs> they win the important ones. Yeah. Um, all right, we got uh, Bills and Jets on Monday night. The, Ooh. Yeah. The, feel real bad for uh, the New York fans. Actually, we'll save that one. We'll save that one for here in a second. Uh, we'll talk about the University of Colorado and college football. This offseason, they got a high-profile... You could call him a celebrity coach. Coach Prime. Yeah, Coach Prime. Deion Sanders. This One of the top... one Voted one of the top 100 players ever in the history of the league. A league that's been around for 104 years. With probably hundreds of thousands of players that have gone through it. And he's one of the top 100 of them. An amazing player. He played... Uh, he was one of the guys covering wide receivers. He played cornerback. Corner. Yep. Corner, not quarter. 
and uh, he was fantastic at it. And he was a guy that kind of pushed boundaries a little bit, uh, talked a lot, was one of the first like real kind of flash guys that was that just kind of wowed you. And he would run his mouth and he'd back it up. Really fun to watch. He played for the Cowboys for a few years, played for the 49ers, Falcons, um, several teams kind of throughout his, uh, his tenure. And now he's coaching college football. And one thing that he did in this offseason was he basically told 85 kids that they weren't going to be on this team anymore. Cut him, which I honestly, I don't, again, I still don't know if he could technically do in a college football team. Well, they just quit. <laughs> yeah, according to him, they just quit. He talked to what, two? 20. 20, and then the rest just quit. Yeah, so. the rest just quit, quotation marks there. <laughs> I mean, you know, today's day and age, you have the transfer portal in college. A lot of players will uh, essentially, like, legitimately quit. And, uh, you know, if they don't get enough playing time, like, right away, then they'll be like, oh, screw this, I'm going to go to a different school. Um, but, I mean, these kids in Colorado, like, they were a historically bad team. And Deion Sanders was like, hey, y'all suck, get out of here. It was very public about it, which I, I really didn't like. Again, I love Deion Sanders, and I hope he has a lot of success here at Colorado. But I really didn't like the way he kind of talked about those kids and, and what he did with them uh, as far as essentially cutting them and then saying that they were the ones who quit. But, I mean, that being said, he got 85 new students in. Um, again, I don't know if you can technically cut college football players you're allowed to have up to something like 125 players on your team 85 of those can be scholarship players and according to google the average amount of players on an average college football team is something like 60 to 70 which there's probably quite a few outliers like a lot of those really small schools probably are the ones that only have like between 50 to 60 to 70 that are kind of bringing that average down but Mm -hmm. a school like Colorado or Alabama or Oklahoma or Ohio State or Michigan are probably going to be closer to the 125 um, or you know maybe they only carry the 85 that they have for scholarships Uh, but either way Colorado though Supposedly, a lot of people were saying they were going to be terrible after replacing all those players. I don't know why they would think that. I don't know why either, because it's Deion Sanders. Yeah, I mean, I I think in college football, 90% of being a good head coach is being able to recruit players and get players in the transfer portal. And, uh, I mean, like, I was just talking about the kind of, like, legacy Deion left as an NFL player, and he was kind of the first, like, real flash type of guy, you know, a lot of these kids grow up, even the really young kids, like the kids that are younger than us. You know, I never really saw Deion Sanders play, but I idolized the dude. You know, I wanted to play defensive back because of him. And I wanted to be able to, like, high step into the end zone and do dances and stuff because of him. Uh, a lot of kids, even now, a lot of very young kids are still idolizing him as a player and watching his highlights because he was that good and he was just that entertaining to watch. Um,. So, of course, he's going to get a ton of good players at, at the drop of a hat. Right. The team that they played last week was Nebraska, who also have a new head coach for them. And this head coach took a team, took a Baylor team that had a head coach that they just had to fire because not only was he bad, he also had sexual assault allegations hanging over him. Mm. So... You know, Matt Rule went into Baylor and within just a couple years turned him into an, a, a championship caliber team. 
and then he went to the NFL, sucked in the NFL, and now he's back in Nebraska. And even though I think Nebraska is going to end up being really good here within these next couple of years because of Matt Rule, uh, if Matt Rule could have talked to 85 kids, kicked them off the team, and got in 85 new kids that were way better, he absolutely would have done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure just about any college coach would do oh, that yeah. if they could. Oh, yeah. I mean, Oklahoma, first week of college football, they shut out Arkansas State 70-30-0. Arkansas State also only won one game last year. Now, granted, they're a, they're a small school. They're one of those schools that schools like Oklahoma will pay hundreds of thousands, thousands of dollars to come to town and get their asses kicked. Uh, a cupcake a, game. A, a cupcake game. A tune-up game, a cupcake game, whatever you want to call it. But I imagine if that head coach was able to cut all those players that only <laughs> won one game last year and bring in... 85 to 125 new players than he absolutely would have. Yeah. Um, so even though I really don't kind of, I don't really like what Deion Sanders did, especially considering there are a lot of people out here that are belittling these kids who are choosing to transfer. You know, 18-year-old kids, 19-year-old kids that are yeah. choosing to transfer because they don't get enough playing time. Most of them are going to get a massive reality check, and it's going to be a life lesson for them. Deion Sanders is a coach, though. He's an old man. He's an adult. And he's, you know, he, yes, he inherits a bad program, but I would, I, I would think that it's kind of your responsibility at that point to try and teach those kids and get them to grow and get them to be better players and work with them and work with what you have. And then over a few years, be, you'll be patient and everything. But, of course, between the hypocrisy of these adults that are belittling kids but also want results now. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and that's where he is. Like that's the spot yeah. he's in. Like he, people want the results. Yeah, and he, and got he the knows. Results. Yeah, he he knows he wouldn't have got it with the team he had. So yeah, week one they played TCU, who was in the national championship last year. And even though they didn't do well at all, they were still in the national championship. And he beat them forty-five to forty-three. Yep. His son played quarterback, had five hundred and twelve yards passing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know he he has one kid on his team that can play offense and defense, which. And high school is an, is uh, pretty common, but in college football or NFL, you don't really ever you don't see anybody playing offense and defense hardly at all, let alone the amount that that kid did. Right. He played something like 160 snaps in a hundred degree heat in Texas. Yeah, that it was so <laughs> hot. <laughs> yeah, that day. and he did well. <laughs> he did really well. I can't remember his stats. I know he had one interception on defense, and he had several catches on offense. He he probably had a couple touchdowns. I don't have his stats up in front of me right now. But, you know, of course, and then they go into – they're in Colorado last week playing against Nebraska, which, by the way, the cheapest seats for that game were more expensive than the cheapest seats at any NFL game this year. You know, that that's also the kind of thing that a guy like Deion Sanders will bring to your program. Yeah, bring you that bacon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then they kicked Nebraska's ass. They had they kind of struggled in the first half and they came out in the second half and they beat them 35-7 to or whatever the score was. So, I mean, they're, they're a real team. Yeah. They're going to do well. They're probably not going to win the national championship. Hopefully they at least beat USC. As an Oklahoma <laughs> fan, hopefully they at least beat USC. Um. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're a real team, and they're gonna do well this year, and they're gonna do really well next year. Uh, Shador Sanders, Deion's son, is probably gonna end up being a first round pick as quarterback, which I'm really that that's would be freaking sick. Yeah. To see that. Um, and Colorado is doing so well financially and ratings wise. So Fox will have their big noon kickoff program. We watch college game day every Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Fox has their kind of competitor program where they do a very similar thing. They go to the school. 
they sit in front of it and do the little pregame show for a few hours and all the people hold signs behind them and everything just like college game day and they were at Colorado last weekend for Colorado Nebraska and that game did so well in ratings that even though the Colorado game this week one it's not against a power five team it's against a cupcake Uh and two is not on Fox it's on I think ESPN and three isn't even at noon which they're called big noon kickoff the big noon kickoff is still going to Colorado and doing their show (laughs) in front of that and the big noon kickoff like announcer team is still going to do their big noon kickoff game which is Penn State Illinois but like the pregame show is going to be at Colorado and apparently like Little Wayne's going to be there and a bunch of other like celebrities and stuff are going to be there doing shows and things like that outside of the stadium (laughs) (laughs) that's what Deion Sanders brings to your school yeah I mean as a school you love it oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah they're going to be so rich after this season Colorado athletic director and dean and president, whatever people are up there. They made the best decision of their life. Oh, yeah. they. (laughs) Even if Dion, after, he's going to beat Colorado State. But even after Colorado State, if he doesn't win another game this season, like, they they don't care. He'll still pull in a lot of money and draw big crowds and things like that. Partially because, I mean, his team will still be fun to watch regardless. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, just, again, he's Dion freaking Sanders. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody is really excited about what he's going to bring to the table for this team. I'm excited about it. Uh, Again, don't love everything he's saying and everything he's doing kind of in the press and the media. In a way, it's kind of a good thing, though, because it keeps the attention on him and keeps it off of his players so his players can just kind of focus on the game. But either way, um, I hope he does well, and I'm excited to see Colorado do well again. I think they're going to come to the Big 12 next year. Uh, Oklahoma is leaving the Big 12. I think Colorado is going to come into the Big 12 which they were originally, and they used to be kind of a rival of Oklahoma. Would have been nice to kind of see at least one year of that rivalry, but I'm excited for Oklahoma to go to the SEC either way. Yeah. But the, the whole Colorado thing, Dion thing, that's all going to be a lot of fun. And uh, speaking of SEC, Texas, Oklahoma's biggest rival, also going to the SEC next year with them. They played at Alabama and shocked the world and beat Alabama 34-24. to Yeah. Alabama has uh, seven national championships with Nick Saban as their head coach since 2007, which that feels like it's really low. It felt like they won the national championship about every other year uh, you know, since he's been the head coach of Alabama. Um, I guess that kind of goes to show you how hard it is to actually win a championship in a high top-level league like that. But either way, I mean, Alabama missed the playoffs last year, which is very rare. Um, and this year... They, they've got a pretty young team, and I kind of assumed Alabama was going to figure it out because they're Alabama, you know? But, you know, Texas is looks like they're figuring it out, and uh, they're, uh, they're kind of the team to beat in college football right now. I think they're ranked number four at the moment. Alabama dropped from, like, number three down to number ten after that loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good for Texas. Not so good for Oklahoma. I guess not. How cool will it be when Oklahoma kicks their ass this year, though? <laughs> I'm a little partial to Texas, even though I hate the burnt orange. Yeah, well, you grew up in Texas. I grew Loser. up in Texas, so. <laughs> That's all right. It's about time Texas is good again. College football is just better when, when Texas is a good team. Like when you're one of those blue chip schools, one of those blue bloods, whatever that means. I think it's blue, like, blue collar. 
But yeah. I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of where I feel like it comes from. It's, <laughs> it's the same type of thing. I don't know where blue collar comes from. I thought it was because like if you were a blue collar worker and you're working construction, then you're wearing like a shirt with a blue collar. <laughs> Like, literally. I honestly don't you, know. I never thought about it. I just didn't know what it means. I just, I imagine it like one of those button-up shirts. It's like a flannel. You know, they always have like, it. it's like a denim type of looking shirt. But it's kind of one of those button-up work shirts. You know uh, what I mean? Mm, like a long sleeve? No. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. You know what I mean. You get it. But yeah. Texas beating Alabama. That's kind of cool. I hate Alabama. I hate Texas. One of them had to win, though. Um, so college football is kind of weird where you almost, like like most people uh, are, they just boo and hiss their rivals like crazy. I'll cheer for the rivals because w- one of the ways that the college football rankings work is if you have a really strong schedule, they're going to put you ahead of a team that has a weaker schedule even if you have the same record. So if- Is that not the same with NFL? No, the NFL, because there's so few, and there's only 32 NFL teams where there's like, you know, 100-some-odd college football teams. Okay. Or 200-some-odd college football. I don't even know a lot of college football teams. So, obviously, they, ha- they have to go through some type of ranking system. In the NFL, you kind of have to play everybody at some point or another in some way or another. I mean, you get 17 games, so you can't play all 31 other teams, but you can play a lot of them. And then whenever you get to the playoffs, they'll get the seven teams with the best record, and then those seven teams gonna have to battle it out in the playoffs at the end of the year, or the fourteen teams with the best record, seven teams in each conference, and so then you have, they all have to kind of battle it out uh, at the end of the year. Uh, but in in uh, college football, they have to go off of a ranking system because right now they only have four teams that go into the playoffs total. Okay. Yeah. So very few teams, four teams out of like two hundred or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and uh, next year they're going to expand it to 12. But yeah, so I, because they go off the strength of schedule, I'll, I'll cheer for Oklahoma's rivals and other Big 12 teams, especially in games like this. Because if Oklahoma does kind of run the table here and they beat Texas, that's going to look really good on them. Yeah. You know, especially if Alabama continues to kind of be the team that they are show to be. You know, they're a top 10 team. If they continue to show that they're a top 10 team or potentially even a top five or top four team and then Oklahoma beats Texas who beat them, then, you know, that's just only going to look really good for Oklahoma. So that's why I tend to kind of cheer for them. But that, anyway, that brings us to the slobber knocker of the week. Woo! Got to start this. We've got three for you this week uh, since it's our inaugural episode. So... Tell me what a slobber knocker is, please. Well, why don't you tell me what you think a slobber knocker <laughs> is? Um, well, upon first seeing the word, <laughs> I thought of spit on titties. <laughs> <laughs> because slobber and knockers. <laughs> because you're a pervert. Me? Yeah, you. I don't think so. I think so. I think that's a very reasonable conclusion to come to. <laughs> so I always kind of think of Slobberknocker. I, I think of wrestling because WWE used to have this announcer. His name was JR. And whenever there was like a really like tough battle between two guys and they were just beating the hell out of each other, he'd be like, oh, we got a real Slobberknocker on our hands. That's kind of what a Slobberknocker is. I, th- I think it's like a really hard hit or just like a blowout win. Or even maybe just like a tough grueling game or something like that. But, I, you know, I think ideally or um, generally it's just a really hard hit. You know, you get hit so hard it knocks your slobber out. Mm-hmm. Also known as a snot bubble. I 
I like flower knocker better. <laughs> <laughs> I like snot bubble. It's just funny. Get hit so hard, you get a snot bubble. Ew. <laughs> Cool. So, considering this is our uh, inaugural episode, we have three slobber knockers of the week for you, picked especially for you. Number one, gotta go with the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. We haven't talked about that game yet. 40-0. Obviously my favorite team. We're probably going to talk about them every week, even if they're just atrocious. I don't care. We're going to talk about them. 40-0, to freaking though. <laughs> Not only was it 40-0, to zero, the Giants got shut out in points. The Giants allowed seven sacks while having zero of their own. They allowed three turnovers while having zero of their own. They got a field goal that was blocked and returned for a touchdown. And one of those three turnovers was a pick six, meaning the the defensive back caught the ball and then ran for a touchdown. So pick six. Touchdown six points. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. Well, now you know. There's also scoop and score, which is basically the same thing, but it's when the ball's fumbled and defensive player picks up the ball. They scoop the ball and then they go score. Mm-hmm. So for the, not only has no other team had those five things happen to them in a single season, the Giants had it happen to them in one game. <laughs> no team's ever allowed all that to happen they made in history. one season. They made history. The Cowboys made history. <laughs> My Cowboys made history. <laughs> and let me just say, the Cowboys, they are well hated around the the world. As much as they are loved, they are hated. Uh, part of the reason is because they are just kind of everywhere and they do have so many fans, always on primetime. Uh, these media pundits always have to talk about them. Uh-huh. So they're just, they're always hated and they have just, frankly, they just haven't done very well. You heard me say, make a joke about how I went eight and eight in my picks from last week and that was... Very, uh, you know, in Cowboys fashion. That's because they had a really long streak from the mid-2000s to like the mid-2010s where every year they were 8-8 eight and eight by the end of the season and they missed the playoffs. And every single one of you, those years, they were like a super promising team and they were supposed to be really talented and really good. And then it was just... Yeah. And a lot of, lot of very sad times for me growing up. <laughs> had, a, had it rough as a kid. Things to things seem to be looking up right now, but I mean, I think the Cowboys are probably the only team that can go forty to nothing against any team at all. And the New York Giants are a good team. At least I think they're going to be good. They were pretty good last year. They made it to the playoffs and beat the number two team, the second seed team, as it is. And and so the Giants have got to be good. They also added a bunch of players. The Cowboys blanked them forty to nothing. They're the only team that could do that and then just have people be like, yeah, well, you know, quarterback only had 143 passing yards. <laughs> this team's not going to do it. It's going to be the same team ever. What's were. a good amount of passing yards? I don't know. Uh, whatever whatever Dak Prescott has, plus probably like 100. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a good amount of passing. That seems to be the target uh, as long as uh, Dak Prescott's been in the league at least. But I mean, yeah, I mean, he he can't win with the media. They try everything they can to say that he's an average quarterback. And yeah, 143 passing yards, that's really not a lot. You know, I think most quarterbacks these days are averaging around 200 to 250 passing yards. So that's definitely below average. And he was not very efficient. He was 13 for 24 passing, which, especially in the style of offense that they're running this year, you would think it would be higher. But again, I've said it many times this podcast. It is week one. Yeah. You know, 
the, the Giants obviously struggled. They're going to be better this year. This is the time of year when if you have a good defense and a good run game, you're going to win games. And, you know, Dak Prescott had 143-yard passing. They also had 123 total yards on the ground and three rushing touchdowns. You know, Dak probably could have had over 200 yards passing and uh, three touchdown passes. Two of those touchdown passes were dropped. One of them he just flat out missed. So, I mean, you can't really – you got to hold him accountable for that at least. But, yeah, they'll be better. I just – I think it's so funny watching people in the media talk about the Cowboys. <laughs> but uh, second, second slobber knocker of the week, the L.A. Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks. And not just because of the final score of that game, which was 30-13. to 13. And it's not just because the Rams were supposed to be a really bad team this year because they had 20 rookies on their active roster. And basically the only players they had were one of the best all-time defensive players who's getting up there in age, a great quarterback who's getting up there in age, and a receiver that wasn't even playing. Like, that's literally their whole team, basically. <laughs> it, it was because that all-time great defensive player broke right through the offensive line and was going just straight for their quarterback. And the quarterback just... On third down, Smith, pressure comes late and it's incomplete. That pressure coming. He said, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> that was the ball. <laughs> he, saw, he saw his life flash before his oh, eyes. Yeah. yeah, he did. I mean, you see number 99 just barreling down on you. you just, I, I don't blame him. Quite frankly, I don't blame him. I don't want to be in that position. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the final slobber knocker for this week, we already talked about the New York Giants. Uh, the New York Jets. Basically the entire New York fan base for both the Giants and the Jets. They had to watch on Sunday night the Giants get absolutely demolished and then they had to watch on Monday night this team that was very promising last year they were just a quarterback away from basically making a good deep playoff run and in the offseason they got that quarterback Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers if you haven't watched Hard Knocks if you are a new fan you haven't heard of Hard Knocks go watch Hard Knocks if you can find it if you have HBO Max it's on HBO Max uh, watch Hard Knocks this year. It's actually pretty interesting. It's pretty fun to kind of get a, a in-depth look at that. You and, get aliens with it? Yeah, you get Aaron Rodgers talking about aliens. But Aaron Rodgers is one of the all-time greats at quarterback. He's 39 years old this year. He's going to turn 40, I think, in December is when it said, they said his birthday was. So he's obviously very old. He's been in the league 18 years, and he was previously with the Green Bay Packers until this year. And he went to the New York Jets, and every Jets fan had massive Super Bowl hopes. And four plays in, less than four minutes into the game, he tears his Achilles tendon and he's out for the year. For the for the year. For the year. That it, is not what anyone wants. That's not what anyone in New York no. wants. It could potentially be career ending for him as well. You and we're gonna spend a lot of time like talking about Aaron Rodgers and how the Jets are gonna like fare this year and are they gonna be good? Are they gonna be bad? They still won the game last night, or on Monday night. They did, in overtime? Yeah, in overtime. Punt return for a touchdown. Yeah. You know, the 
the team they were playing were the Buffalo Bills, who are always a Super Bowl contender. They ha- also have like one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And that quarterback had four turnovers. I, I heard a stat that if you lose the turnover battle, like if you have more, if you commit more turnovers than the other team, then you are more likely to lose the game than if you're leading at halftime. That's or, interesting. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, you're more likely to lose the game than if you're losing at halftime, is what I meant to say, not leading at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I, you, turnovers are huge. I mean, those are possessions that you're supposed to have. You know, it, it's one thing if you, you know, if you have to punt the ball on fourth down, it's another thing to just throw an interception or fumble the ball because oftentimes when that happens, you're giving the ball to the other team in much better field position, you know, much closer to the end zone than if you would have just punted the ball away. And also it's like, it hurts team morale. It like changes momentum, which is a very real thing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the giants, that first drive, they were driving the ball down the field and it looked like, you know, the Cowboys defense just had holes all over it and they just couldn't stop the run. Dallas finally kind of forced them to kick a field goal and then that field goal got blocked in return for a touchdown and obviously Giants never recovered from it. They couldn't get any kind of momentum going after that. You know, momentum is a very real thing. It gets in these players' heads and you know, the, when you commit four turnovers as the Bills, that's how you lose to an Aaron rodgers list Jets. Yeah. But, you know, they have... Their quarterback now was the number two overall pick two years ago. He's had some injury issues these short two years that he's been in the league. He has not played very well. But he was the number two overall pick for a reason, and they didn't ship him out somewhere, you know, trade him or cut him or anything like that for a reason, so they obviously still believe in him. Right. You know, I think their plan was to have Aaron Rodgers play for these two years, and then hopefully by that point Zach Wilson would be kind of ready to take over the reins and and actually lead this team for the future, you know, the mm-hmm. next 10, 15 years after that. But now Zach Wilson's got to try and do it right now. It's not like he played absolutely horribly. They ran the ball a lot when he got in. (laughs) But again, I mean, they ran the ball and they were able to do it successfully. The Bills weren't able to do it quite as well and the Jets ended up winning. Yeah. I got faith in Zach Wilson. I do too. I think they'll figure it out. I think he'll be better this year. A lot of it last year was in his head. Uh, I I think he'll uh have his head a little bit more clear this year. Yeah. Um, it's obviously not an easy situation to have to come in like that. You know, one of the benefits, typically you think of these NFL players and these athletes and you think like they're in this game because they want to be on the field playing. I think Jack Wilson was genuinely excited to just be able to sit on the bench and watch Aaron Rodgers play and learn from him. Right. You know, so it, that's obviously going to mess with your psyche a little bit, but I think he's, I think he's more prepared for it this year. Yeah. Hopefully he's, I'm pretty sure he's learned a lot. By watching um, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, even though it's been just a few months, he's he's had to have picked up something. Yeah. You know, something about his... One thing that he really struggled with was leadership or something. There was, like, one time they lost a game. I think they only scored, like, five points. So they got a safety. Safety is the only way you can get two points or anything less than three points. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you get three points for a field goal, six points for a touchdown, and then after your touchdown, you're allowed an extra point. And so... The only way you can get two points is if you tackle an offense. If the defense tackles an offensive player in their own end zone, then you get two points for that. It's called safety. And so I think they got like a safety and a field goal, and they lost that game. And one of the reporters asked Zach Wilson, like, uh, do you think this has anything to do with you? And Zach Wilson was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Just didn't care. So I think he learned a lot about how to be a leader mostly, and hopefully – 
you know, Aaron Rodgers is like super esoteric and, uh, you know, spiritual and kind of gets into like some metaphysical stuff. So although it's like a little bit weird and obscure, you know, maybe, maybe kind of the positive mindset stuff that Aaron Rodgers kind of preaches, maybe that rubbed off on him a little bit also. I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, you know, before they can get to the rest of the season, they're going into Dallas next week. Yeah. And the reason Aaron Rodgers got injured is because that offensive line did not look good. It was the story of the preseason. Again, if you can run the football, then you're gonna have you're you're gonna be able to have success early in the season. But when it comes to passing, offensive lines really need to be able to kind of like be cohesive, and all five of those guys, all five of those offensive linemen, need to kind of be able to operate as one person. And it takes a few weeks to kind of get that chemistry going. And, you know, the, the offensive line already just didn't have a lot of talent on there. And obviously it ended Aaron Rodgers' season. And so, it, uh, you know, like I said, the Cowboys sacked Daniel Jones seven times. Freaking Zach Wilson is going to be running for his life next week. <laughs> well, he better put on his running shoes. <laughs> Ooh, take that, Zach Wilson. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, if the Jets can establish the run game, like I said, the Giants they started off running the ball really well for that first drive. They just didn't stick with it, and if they they had stuck with it, they probably they they may have still lost, but it would have been a lot closer for sure. And you know, if, if the Jets actually get that rhythm in the run game going early, then I can't imagine the Jets are going to go away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know. Maybe the reason why the Giants went away from the run game was because like before the game and their game plan they were like all right so if we see this look we're going to check to our pass if we see this look we're going to keep in our run and then dallas kind of figured out how to change up their look to keep them from going into the run so that way they could tee off on the quarterback but i don't know i'm not quite that smart anyway super excited for next week the jets have a really good defense though and like i said dak prescott only passed for like 143 yards cowboys are going to have to establish the run game of their own um, Cowboys are favored by like nine and a half points. I think it's going to be closer than that. Um, but anyway, we're gonna we're gonna t- pay off the tease at the beginning. Talk about how time may be a flat circle. And you know, we just talked about Aaron Rodgers going from the Packers to the Jets. Before Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers had a quarterback named Brett Favre. And Brett Favre was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in 1991. He ended up at the Green Bay Packers a year later and became an all-time great Hall of Famer, won a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know all his awards, probably an MVP or two, I'm sure. But, you know, 15 years or so into his career, it was like, yeah, about 14 years because it was 2005, uh, the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers in the first round, Brett Favre's replacement. That didn't make Brett Favre very happy. And so it really kind of soured the relationship between the Packers and Brett Favre. Brett Favre kind of threatened to retire and did retire and then unretired and held the team hostage a little bit. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers was like, okay, you got to prepare Aaron Rodgers to play. Brett Favre isn't coming back. Oh, wait, he's coming back. Okay, never mind. Sorry, Aaron. Got to sit for another year. Finally, the Packers kind of fed up with it. And so he left Green Bay. And what team did he go to play for? The New York Jets. <laughs> I don't I, I can't really remember I, I wasn't paying as much attention back then so I can't remember like what the hopes were like if it was because obviously this year when Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets they also like had a lot of receivers that they got for him they got like running backs 
defense was really good. I don't know what the New York Jets looked like back then. You know, they also have a really good head coach right now. I don't know what the head who the head coach was back when Aaron Rodgers or uh, Brett Favre went to the Jets, but he had a really bad season with the Jets, and it was like, okay, Aaron Rodgers is done. Or, um, sorry, Brett Favre is done. Um. Anyway, Aaron Rodgers takes over for the Packers. He uh, plays. Fit. Uh, when was this? I guess he had been on the team for about fifteen years, also. And a few years ago, they drafted a kid in the first round named Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers' replacement. This doesn't make Aaron Rodgers very happy. He, too, kind of threatens retirement. He, he doesn't ever actually retire and then, like, unretire, but he kind of threatens it a little bit. He uh, tries to ask for more money. He gets more money. He tries to ask for, like, certain players. He gets those players, but Aaron Rodgers is kind of pissed that they're not, like, really giving him everything he wants and, like, essentially allowing him to be the general manager is kind of, like, how the news media tend to, tends to spin it, that he wanted to essentially be the general manager as a quarterback. Um, so their relationship's very soured. Aaron Rodgers leaves, goes to the New York Jets. Super promising season, and he tears his Achilles. So again, just like really high hopes, really low lows, Packers quarterback going to the Jets after 18 years or so. And... Uh, uh, one final just crazy coincidence. In 1999, the New York Jets had really high Super Bowl hopes. They got a legendary head coach in Bill Parcells. They had a quarterback named Vinny Testaverde, who was drafted, I believe, in 1986 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Vinny Testaverde never had all the MVPs. He never won a Super Bowl. He had some Pro Bowls that he went to. But like whenever I was looking at his records and stuff, one of the three NFL records that he has is the most losses by a quarterback in the history of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he was a good quarterback, though. It was just he was on some really, 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 really bad teams. The The Tampa Bay Buccaneers teams that, that he was on went, like, 0-26 or something like that. I think that was the same team. Uh, but he was a Heisman Trophy winner in college. He won all kinds of awards in college. They retired his jersey number at his college. He was a really good player, and so, you know, of course, New York Jets fans in 1999 had a lot of high hopes, and on September 12th, very first game for the New York Jets, Vinny Testaverde pops his Achilles in the second quarter. <laughs> <laughs> one day after, you know, basically, what is it, 24 years in one day before whatever, that math However, math works. 24 years almost to the day before Aaron Rodgers pops his Achilles on a Super Bowl hopeful team. Yeah. New York Jets. Yeah. It's it's too coincidental. I also think it's just, like, really crazy that it it, it kind of happened and surrounded Aaron Rodgers, who's all into this, like, metaphysical and spiritual stuff. Yeah. And talks about, like, manifestations and kind of talks about, like, aliens and stuff like that. It's... Yeah. I mean, I think in reality, it's just that there's only 32 NFL teams and there's only so many quarterbacks who are capable of starting for those teams. Oh, there's even fewer that are really good. There's even fewer that are great. And there's even far fewer that are, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre caliber. So it would kind of make sense that you would see that stuff repeat a little bit more often than you might be used to in your regular everyday life where there's 8 billion people on the planet or whatever. But still, it's just, it's really hard to kind of get around. Yeah. You know, Lizard Illuminati and all that. Who? What? 
Anyway. <laughs> All right. So at the end of uh, every podcast, or towards the end of every podcast, sorry, we're not quite to the end yet. Don't worry, guys. We're almost there. <laughs> Suffer with us a little bit longer. We're going to cut that out. <laughs> oh, cut are we? That out. <laughs> are we? Yes. <laughs> well, we have the uh, slobber knocker lesson of the week where I'm going to try my best in as plain of English as possible in a very soft served way, if you will, to explain some facet of the game of football. This week, we're going to talk about the players and the specific positions on the field. And to start off with, everybody knows him, everybody loves him. Spent a lot of time talking about him because you can't talk about the NFL without talking about the quarterback. Generally, um, he's going to be the highest paid player on the team. He's going to be one of the smartest players on the team. He's going to be a great leader, and his job is to run the entire offense. He has to know the offense like the back of his hand, and he has to be able to execute plays. He, he's the start of every play, essentially, even if it's just a run play where he turns around and hands the ball off to another player, and that player, you know, him and the offensive line and everything do everything else. He's the start of all that. He has to sit there and read the defense and make sure that they're in the correct play. And if they're not, he has to get them in the correct play and everything. Um, after that, you have the guys who protect the quarterback. The offensive linemen, there are five of them. They are kind of five unique positions, but we're just going to kind of count them as one thing for now because they essentially uh, they, they essentially do the same job. They block. And... Um, there, there's basically two different ways that they will block. If you see the offensive lineman step back, then they're blocking for a pass play. What they kind of do is they form like a half moon around the quarterback and create a pocket for him. Mm-hmm. You know, protect him from all those pass rushers coming in, trying to sack him so he can sit back there and, and get the ball off to his receivers. Jets O-line didn't do a very good job of that the other night, <laughs> if only they had. And the second thing you'll see them do is they'll push forward and try to move guys out of the way so the running back, the next position we'll talk about, can take the ball from the quarterback and go and run and get as many yards as he can just simply on the ground. You know, and the running back is usually very back of the formation or, you know, kind of depending on the formation. We'll talk about formations later. We'll be, he'll be, like, right next to the quarterback. Um, but for sake of argument, he, he's a running back or half back. Basically, he's all the way at the, or tailback is another word, so he's all the way at the back of the formation. Quarterback will take the snap, he'll turn around, hand it to the running back, and the running back will take it, and he'll just run forward or run left or run right, whatever direction he's got to go. Mm-hmm. Try to find the hole the offensive line has created and get as many yards as he can. After that, you have the two wide receivers. They are on the line of scrimmage. Well, they're kind of on the line of scrimmage. We'll begin Later lessons, next week we'll probably talk about like formations and stuff. And But uh, for now, to keep it simple, they're both on the line of scrimmage. Kind of like. What's the line of scrimmage? The line of scrimmage is where the ball is placed. Okay. So, you know, if the ball is on the 45 yard line, that's the line of scrimmage. The offense has to stay on their side of the line of scrimmage, and the defense has to stay on their side until the ball is snapped. So the wide receivers will be on the line of scrimmage, kind of like uh, the offensive line is, but they'll be split out wide. Like, you know, 10, 15 yards away from the line of scrimmage. So they're called wide receivers, and their job is to catch the ball. The receiving part, they go run routes, try to get open for the quarterback. Quarterback throws it to them. And they have to catch. They got to catch it. Uh, Chiefs receivers didn't do a good job of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then you have the tight end, who's kind of a hybrid of the offensive line and a wide receiver. And again, he is also kind of lined up on the offensive line, but he is lined up on the end of the offensive line, tight to it. Mm-hmm. He's the tight end. And sometimes he'll stay in and block. You, you heard me talk about tight ends earlier. You know, Gronkowski, he would sit there and he would block for a second, read a player, and he'd either run straight up the field or off to the side, essentially. Yeah. Um, you know, that was kind of his bread. He did more than that, but that was that was his bread and butter right there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's basically like a tight end in a nutshell. He'll sit and he'll help block, and then he'll also go out and catch passes if he needs to. And then, finally, you don't see these guys a whole lot um, in the league anymore, but the fullback. The fullback is basically just a bigger, stronger running back. He's usually lined up directly in front of the running back, and he will be what is known as a lead blocker. So running back takes the ball, and he just runs. The The fullback will kind of find that hole first, and he'll go in that hole, and there'll usually be like an extra de- defensive player in there. So he'll go in, move that extra defensive player out of the way, and lead block for the running back. If he can, he'll literally push the guy out of the way or pancake him. You'll push him on the ground so he goes flat like a pancake. Nice pancake. Oh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> we love our pancakes. And then he'll just keep running, and he'll just like kind of be the convoy for the – he'll be the you know personal bodyguard for the running back is a good way to describe it. Mm. Then on the defense defensive side of the ball, we talked about that line of scrimmage. Um, Wait, so for offense, we got – Quarterback. Quarterback. He, he passes the ball and runs the offense. Running back? Yep, he runs the ball. Wide receivers? They catch the ball. Tight ends? They catch and block. What am I missing? Offensive line. Oh, offensive line. They block. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then fullback, he also blocks just in a different way. Yeah. Um, okay, so, again, we got that line of scrimmage on the directly adjacent... To the offensive line on the other side of that line of scrimmage you have the defensive line there's usually three or four of those you've got your ends your defensive ends their primary job is to rush the passer try to get sacks and then you have the interior linemen and their primary job is to help stop the run that's why chris jones was so important for the chiefs he was an interior lineman if he had been there again one of the greatest at his position in the league right now He's also really good at rushing the passer, which you don't typically see a lot of interior linemen who can do that. You know, he would have been able to stop that run from the Lions, and Chiefs might have been able to pull out the win. Um, directly behind them, you have the linebackers. So you got the line, and then you got the linebackers. Mm-hmm. So they're back of the line. <laughs> they're <laughs> back in the line. And their job also is to help stop the run, but they will also kind of stay back and help cover, make sure that the wide receivers don't get open. They kind of, you know, survey the middle of the field. They're they're out there, they're hawking the middle of the field is what yeah. they like to say. And so if you try to, like, you know, a lot of these linebackers pride themselves on being able to just, like, make these massive hits and create, you know, slobber knocker the wide receiver <laughs> if he comes over the middle of the field on, like, an in route or a slant and the wide receiver catches it and the linebacker will just be there to smack the crap out of him. They're... They're generally pretty pretty big guys, you know, six foot four, six foot five, two hundred and sixty pounds or whatever, two fifty pounds. But they're also really fast and athletic dudes too. But uh, you know, the the middle linebacker, there's usually again either three or four linebackers. So if there's four defensive linemen, there'll be typically three linebackers. If there's three defensive linemen, there'll typically be four linebackers and the way you kind of determine if you want to do the 3-4 or the 4-3 is going to kind of depend on the personnel you have and the skill sets that they have. 
but generally speaking, we're going to be talking about four linemen, three linebackers, and that linebacker in the middle is kind of considered like the quarterback of the defense. Mm-hmm. He's there to kind of call in the signals to the rest of the team, to the rest of the defense. Uh, again, has to be really smart and a great leader. Ray Lewis is one of the all-time greats to ever do it at that position, and that dude was the best thing about him, as skilled as he was, the best thing about him was his leadership to the rest of the team. But outside of the linemen and linebackers, you have the defensive back. And there's two different types of defensive back. You have the corner backs. Corner. Corner, like the corner of a room. Uh-huh. Not quarter, like money. Yeah. <laughs> that, that can be kind of confusing sometimes when you're like listening to sports talk and you'll hear them say cornerback and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. You said that guy was covering a receiver, what? But anyway, cornerbacks, what they do is they are typically lined up adjacent to receivers on the on the line of scrimmage. And uh, they are basically there to, their primary job is to stop the pass. You very rarely ever see them come down to help stop a run. Deion Sanders, one thing he used to say is he would make a business decision. And if a running back was headed his way, he would kind of, you know, feign the tackle a little bit, pull away. He made a business decision. He decided not to take that hit. (laughs) So Deion Sanders wasn't known for tackling. His other son, who also plays cornerback at Colorado, uh, you know, the one son plays quarterback. His other son plays cornerback. Uh He was actually the leading tackler for Colorado the other week. So (laughs) he's bucking the trend a little bit. And then you have the other defensive backs. They're called safeties. They are lined up deep in the defensive backfield, usually like... 10 yards uh, away from the line of scrimmage on their side of the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. And their job is to be the safety net. You know, they basically create this big umbrella where they are. And like, basically they're not allowed to let any, any of the wide receivers get behind them, but they're also really pivotal in the run game because if a team is running the ball on you and you can't stop them, you'll take one of those safeties and you'll kind of bring them down a little bit, help get, help give them a head start to Mm -hmm. kind of help, aid and run support and just give an extra extra bit of help in the run uh and you know that, that's basically it that's all the positions so on defense mm-hmm. we got safeties yep they, cornerbacks yep. those two positions help stop the pass primarily um linebackers yep they will help they are they will help stop the run and the pass linemen yep. and they will help stop the run and get the quarterback and then we got interior and exterior? Yes. Interior is primarily going to stop the run. and exter- They're not exterior. They're ends. Ends. The ends are primarily going to go and sack the quarterback. Okay. Yep. All makes sense? Yeah. Any more questions? No. No. Okay. Well, I hope that made sense to everyone at home, too. <laughs> um, all right. So next we've got a... Cherry on top. Oh, no. we got to pick our games next. Oh. Yeah, we got a full slate of NFL, and we picked out a few college football games as well. Okay, so yes. we run that back. Yeah. So next we have our game predictions. Yes. And we're going to start with, what is it, six college football games? Yes. We got six college football games that we went through and picked. For college week three. For college week three, yes. We're going to start with, uh, I kind of picked these at random almost. I I don't know a whole lot about college footballers. Again, like I said, there's like 200 teams. It's really hard to keep up with all of them. (laughs) So. And aren't they still kind of doing cupcakes? Yeah, most of them are still kind of doing cupcakes. There there are a couple matchups here that we're going to talk about that should be pretty good. I think I picked, I I tried picking the best ones I could. 
we're going to start off with Virginia at Maryland. Uh, Virginia had like kind of a tra- tragedy last year where they had like an active shooter on campus. And some of their uh, teammates ended up dying. Really sad for them. I so far they're zero and two on the season. They're playing at Maryland, who's two and zero. Um, I hope I hope Virginia wins. He <laughs> you, did. Yeah, you want to cheer for him, but right. I but think, I picked Maryland. Yeah, I mean, right now you gotta. When picking who's gonna win, you're you're gonna pick Maryland. I, what I really want though is like Virginia to have that one game where they're playing like a top ten team later in the season, and it's like at their own at their own field, mm-hmm. and they just like get that awesome game winning moment. Yeah. They get the fans to storm the field, and they get to just kind of have their sweet moment this season. It doesn't seem like they're probably gonna be competing for any kind of a championship, but I hope that they can at least get a really good moment this season. But for this week, we're gonna pick Maryland. Uh, then we also have number seven, the number seven ranked team in the country, Penn State, who are two and zero, versus Illinois, who are one and one. And uh, you picked Illinois. I picked Penn State. Mhm. I hope I win. <laughs> you know, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what could happen. Listen, this is a conference a game, so okay. these these two teams are in the same conference. But Illinois sucks. <laughs> but they were one one. That was probably against a cupcake. <laughs> uh, then we have number 15 ranked Kansas State uh, versus unranked M- uh, Missouri. They are both 2-0. and uh, We both picked Kansas State. And again, you mostly picked Kansas State because their team color is purple. I like purple. <laughs> uh, then we have number 8 ranked Washington, who is 2-0 and versus Michigan State, who is unranked. They have a little sexual harassment controversy going on right now oh yeah mm, <laughs> i don't want to talk about that it's, it's really <laughs> funny though <laughs> i mean it's not funny but it's funny that they have this girl who is speaking to the school about like speaking up about sexual assault and rape and stuff like that and the head coach this dumbass head coach of this football team was touching himself while on the phone with her and i just don't understand that and i don't understand how the information got out into the world. Uh, it got out because the girl put it out. Yeah. She yeah she was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> do, you, do you know who I am? Do you know what I'm doing here? Why are you doing that? <laughs> I just I don't know how you could have any less self awareness or be any dumber. Like how, how he was down bad. How down bad you gotta be? It's really disgusting. It is disgusting. So because of that, Washington's going to kick their ass. Let's go, Washington. Uh, and then we got uh, 11th ranked 2-0 Tennessee versus unranked Florida, who are 1-1. So Florida, they uh, they opened their season against Utah, who won their conference last year. And uh, they lost to Utah 24-11, uh, which I think was kind of an upset win. Utah is currently ranked number 12. But... Uh, you picked Tennessee. I also picked Tennessee. And then we have the TCU Horny Frogs, your favorite team. Horny Frogs. Because they're purple and they're horny frogs. Yep. <laughs> uh, versus Houston. They're both unranked. They're both 1-1. One one. TCU was the first team to lose to Deion Sanders, Colorado. Um, you picked TCU. Obviously, they're your favorite team for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I picked Houston. Uh I'm not going to lie, though. I think TCU is actually going to win, but we had to be different on something because we were the same on so many of these. 
the, the uh, if it wasn't for TCU Houston, we would only be different on Illinois and Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Which I mean, honestly, this kind of goes to show. You know, there's all these people who are out here who pick these games for a living and set these betting odds and everything like that, and they have all this information to go off of, and you're picking games based off of uniform colors and because celebrities that you like are from their towns or whatever, mm-hmm. and you've got a better record so far than I do, and you're picking the same games that I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just it, none of this matters, really. Anybody can beat anyone. It does matter if I win. Well, I wouldn't get used to it. Okay. <laughs> but I'm telling you, whatever team she picks, just go ahead and uh, head to Vegas with that one, or you'll pick up your FanDuel app or whatever. <laughs> okay, so Se- for... Seems to be pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so for NFL Week 2... Yes, NFL Week 2. Again, we're, we're pretty close, pretty lockstep on a lot of these. Um, I let you pick first, so I often will kind of pick a team just to go against you, just so, like, we can make it interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, maybe I'm just, like, not good at picking games, but... Or maybe I am. Maybe, you know what, I'll give you credit. (laughs) Uniform colors, those are, those are important to winning games. (laughs) We got, uh, Thursday night, Minnesota Vikings at Philadelphia Eagles, 0-1 versus 1-0, we both picked the Philadelphia Eagles. And we're going Green Bay at the Atlanta Falcons. Green Bay again. They got that young quarterback replacing Aaron Rodgers. And he balled out last week. And Atlanta, they got that young running back who is likely to win uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. And uh, we both picked Green Bay. Then we've got the 1-0 Las Vegas Raiders versus the 0-1 Buffalo Bills who lost to the Aaron rodgers New York Jets last week. Uh, we both went Buffalo, though. Uh, again, Buffalo is going to be a good team this year. They just they really struggled Monday night. Josh Allen used to get those turnovers under control. Las Vegas should be no problem for him. We got the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. You went with the color purple, picked the Baltimore Ravens. I believe in Joe Burrow, Joe Burr, Joe Cool. I believe in Joe Burrow, too, but purple and Ravens. So, I, got, I, I, got, I had to go with Raven. Well, I'm going with Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Then we've got uh, Seattle, 0-1. Again, upset massively by the Los Angeles Rams at the Detroit Lions, who upset the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, we both picked Detroit on that one. I think this could, this could be a sneaky good game, though. This could be a really fun one to watch. And then we have the Indianapolis Colts with a rookie quarterback, uh, Anthony Richardson, at the Houston Texans with their rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Both those teams are 0-1. You went with Megan the Stallion. I went with Indianapolis. Megan the Stallion. I honestly forget that those two teams exist. Yeah, I know. They're really forgettable, aren't they? (laughs) There's a few of them out there. (laughs) Then we've got Kansas City 0-1. At 1-0 Jacksonville, we both picked Kansas City. I get it. You can't not believe in Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs. Charles Kelsey. Yeah. We listen- Who will, he'll be on. Yeah, we listened to the New Heights podcast this week, and of course he's going to say whatever, like, is going to be optimistic. He said he's a liar as well. So. Yeah, he did say he's a liar. <laughs> yeah, in one of those uh, podcast episodes earlier this year, he said he shot a shot with Taylor Swift and she turned him down, and uh, now the reports are coming out that they uh, they might be secretly dating. 
They're no, no. They are seeing each other quietly. Quietly, they're hanging out. Quietly, they're hanging out. But uh, <laughs> you know, he also said in the podcast, I don't know, something about a mustache and how he wasn't going to shave it, or how he was going to shave it and he didn't. Shave he it. was going to shave his mustache if they lost, and he said, "I'm a liar because I'm not doing it." So he lies. He said he's going to be playing for the Chiefs <laughs> this week. He's a liar. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. He's on my fantasy team, so he better. <laughs> <laughs> Picked, picked you number two, Travis. Picked you number two. Uh, but we both picked Kansas City. They they do have Chris Jones back this week, though. Yeah. They didn't extend his contract like he wanted, but they did like restructure the year that he had left, so he'd end up with a few extra million this year if he reached certain incentives. Um, so I think that's going to be a big help. The Jaguars, though, man, they can throw that ball around and... Kansas City doesn't have a whole lot to defend the pass. This could be another really good game, especially if Travis yeah. Kelsey doesn't play. I feel like it'll be really fun to watch. Yeah, I think so too. I'm excited for that one. And then we've got the 0-1 Chicago Bears at the 1-0 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay, I'm kind of rooting for them this year because, again, as an Oklahoma fan, they have Baker Mayfield on their team who has had a rough go of it in the league. Yeah. You know, came into the league, drafted number one overall. And in the media, I think he's he's getting a lot of good feed, a lot of good feedback. A little bit. Versus how it, how I've seen it before. Yeah. there's a, <laughs> It all started with this hilarious video of him trying to run with the cops. Run from <laughs> the cops and getting tackled and his face just smashed into a concrete barrier. <laughs> it's hysterical. And then <laughs> he's sitting there thinking like, man, I'm a college athlete. Fuck these guys. <laughs> and uh, didn't work out. <laughs> but, you know, he, he gets drafted number one overall to the Cleveland Browns. Um comes in wins a playoff game for him against a really good team and it's just like overnight all of a sudden everybody hated this guy and you know they run him out of town goes to carolina gets cut halfway through the season goes to the la rams after matthew stafford got injured and with two days of prep time on the la rams smokes the denver broncos on christmas day mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like dude just uh, watched the Pat McAfee video today. Now he's with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They beat Minnesota last week. And the, um, the running back for the Buccaneers was did an interview talking about how, you know, the, the first half was really shaky for him. But coming in at halftime, Baker Mayfield came in and was like, hey, I know all their signals. You know, so apparently he just, like, was able to sit there and, like, watch what the defensive players were signaling in and what kind of what the sideline was doing and, and figure out all their hand signals and everything. And after that, like, the second half was just a breeze for him, essentially. I mean, they, they had to kind of have a little bit of a comeback. But uh, this Tampa Bay roster is really good. I think he's got a better roster than he's ever had, almost, and a better coaching staff than he's ever had, by far. And I really don't like Tampa Bay's head coach that much. I don't think he's that good, but, you know, way better than anything he's ever had so far. So I think they're going to be really good this year. We both picked Tampa Bay against Chicago. Then we've got the L.A. Chargers at, is that Tennessee? It's your handwriting. Sure. I mean, don't you know, football <laughs> fanatic? <laughs> Not when it's written like that. I, <laughs> I think that's Tennessee. I don't see them anywhere else on here. So L.A. Chargers 0-1. They lost to a really good uh, Miami Dolphins team. Tyreek Hill, also on my fantasy team. Got, like, an insane amount of yards. Tua Tagovailoa threw for, like, 460 yards or something like that. 
And, you know, the Chargers just kind of chargered it up there at the end and couldn't get anything going to complete the comeback. So they're 0-1. They're still a good team, though, and they're playing Tennessee, who's also 0-1, who really struggled against the Saints last week. That final score was something like (laughs) 15-16. Really really ugly score. So we uh, we both picked the Chargers. And we got uh, New York Giants, the uh, 40-0 New York Giants. To at uh, Arizona Cardinals, who are currently trying to lose as many games as they can so they can get Caleb Williams next year as their quarterback, supposedly. I didn't have that information when I made my pick. I told you they were tanking. I didn't know it was on purpose. It's not really on purpose. It's basically (laughs) like the general manager, like, making decisions that make it really hard for them to win. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'll stick with my pick. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's not like the players go out there and purposefully try to lose a game. It's not like the head coach goes out there and purposefully tries to call a game that causes them to lose. You but know. they also, they don't care too much if they lose. I mean, they're, they're going to care. The players themselves are going to care. Well, I mean, well that, I'm not talking about the players. It, it's mostly like management. Yeah. They don't care if they lose for a year. Uh, but yeah, you picked Arizona. I picked the New York Giants. Oh. Um, and I will get you can change your pick if you want. No, I stick with what I pick. <laughs> no, take me back. Okay, well, I mean, hey, I gave you that same opportunity with the Rams last week, and you were right about the Rams, so who knows? <laughs> the, the, the Arizona Cardinals did play a pretty tough game last week. Uh, you know, they may, if they keep playing like that, they're gonna pull a few out that they probably don't want to pull out. They're gonna be regretting at the end of the year when they don't get the quarterback they want. <laughs> Uh, then we got the San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. We talked a lot about both those teams. Uh, we both picked San Francisco, though. Uh, I, I hope the Rams win. I think that would be really fun. That would be a great story if that happened. Uh, and then talked a lot about this game, previewed this game already. Uh, New York Giants or New York Jets at the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, we both picked Dallas. Uh, Washington at Denver. You went with Russell Wilson. Corny-ass Russell Wilson. I went with Washington. Um, got uh, the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. We both went with Miami again. We already talked about that. Freaking almost like 500 yards passing in an NFL game. Like, that's insane. Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. Uh-huh. New Orleans. However you say it. However they say it. That's not exactly it. New Orleans. Okay. Um, at who? New at Carolina. Carolina's got had the uh, number one overall pick in the draft last year, took a quarterback. Carolina did not look very good last week. New Orleans was the team that won that ugly game against Tennessee, 15-16. to 16. We both picked New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, to finish it out, the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. You picked Pittsburgh, I picked Cleveland. Game picks. <laughs> So now we have our cherry on top, mm-hmm. which is basically just some small positive thing that has happened in this week in relation to football. And you chose to make it about you. Of course I did, because <laughs> I won my first fantasy matchup this week. Yep, you did. By It wasn't even fully two, two points, was it? Yeah, it wasn't even fully two points. It was less than two points. <laughs> But uh, 
It was really funny how it happened. It was against my uncle, and you had, like, what, a 2% chance to win going into the Sunday night game? Yep. You had gone through all your players already. You're tied, yeah. you're tied in. You had Kyle Pitts. He basically put up a goose egg. He did, and I was really disappointed. Yeah, not, not good. Um, he had Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard from the Cowboys, running back for the Cowboys, and Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Cowboys, uh, Saquon running back for the Giants. And all of those are really good players, and he only needed something like 50 points to be able to beat you. Mm-hmm. Well, because the Cowboys won so badly, Tony Pollard did have two touchdowns, and like I said, they got a lot of rushing yards. Not all of those rushing yards were from Tony Pollard, though. Um, the final touchdown that Dallas had uh, didn't even come from Tony Pollard. It not only did it not come from Tony Pollard, it didn't even come from a running back. It came from a wide receiver. <laughs> so and my uncle just needed two points. Just two points. Just not two even points. fully two points. He just needed Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott to complete one pass to Tony Pollard for 10 yards, and he would have got those two points. <laughs> he didn't do it. And they pulled him off, and I won. Yep. I mean, the game was 40 to nothing, and it was you know kind of the beginning of the fourth quarter, so... Whenever it's like that, the game's out of hand. Uh, the Cowboys know that no matter what happens, the Giants aren't going to be able to come back. The Giants know that nobody, no matter what happens, they're not going to be able to come back. So they both pulled their starters off the field, saved their health. And so Saquon, Tony Pollard, and Dak Prescott were done for the day and didn't weren't even capable of scoring any more points. And you won. That was It was the most exhilarating, like, <laughs> 10 minutes ever. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah, I was so sure that I had lost. Yeah. I mean, it's only week one, too. Like, I think I lost week one last year, and I ended up winning the championship. And I, so, I mean, Well, that ain't got to do with me, because well, I won, so I'm going to win. Well, I'm going to win the championship this year, because I've done it twice in a row. Well, that means it's time for you to step down. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> We're like the 90s bulls over here. <laughs> what happened with the 90s bulls? They won a bunch of championships. And then what happened? Well, I don't know. They, then they did it. Then they didn't. But they won a bunch first. <laughs> I'm a dynasty. I'm a one-man dynasty. Okay. But you only got two so far, so not yeah. yet. Well, I'm about to get the third. <laughs> Might as well just give me the trophy now. <laughs> I tried, A guy in our league had Christian McCaffrey. And people in our league in the past tend to like really value quarterbacks, which in fantasy football, you really don't do. It's all about running backs and receivers because all the quarterbacks score roughly the same amount of points, but there's only a handful of running backs and receivers that can really get you a lot of points. And so he had a guy named Christian McCaffrey who always gets like 20 plus points. And I was like, I'm going to see if I can trade him my crappy quarterback <laughs> for, for Christian McCaffrey. I was like, there's no way he's going to do it, but it'll be hysterical if he does. <laughs> he just messaged back. He was like, nice try. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That does it for the first episode of Soft Served, Slo- Soft Served Slobber Knocker. Say that again one more time. No, I don't want to. Three times fast. I don't want to. Okay. She sells seashells down on the sea shore. Oh, I messed that up. <laughs> People have picked back, back, back. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for more Soft Served discussions. Bye. Bye.